Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Funny things people have said while handing in their notice at work. I'm not about to do that. I'm leaving in two weeks. I can't begin to understand your loss. <laughs> this is just funny. Yeah, I saw that this morning. And on the back of that, I believe I've got a word of knowledge here for someone. Um, I just could not stop thinking about during worship um, that someone here is, gonna, is called to hand in their notice whatever their their workplace situation is. I don't know if it's a workplace or it's a sport or whatever it is, but I have a real sense that you're like, God has got something better for you at this time and you've you've just been you're just kind of doing this awkward thing at the moment and the old is gone and the new is there. And if that's you in there, you'll know and I just want to declare peace over you and courage into the situation that you're facing because it's not a it's not easy uh, to give up something when there's not something clear ahead of you. But I just believe there's a grace there at this time for you to step into that. So go you good thing. That is a good word. Hey, um, I just want to mention uh, this morning, it's an exciting morning, we're going to be talking about where God's got us uh, at this time. It's a bit of a snapshot of the prophetic words that have been spoken over us in the last six months and how we're posturing together to carry that uh, word um, and His promises are so awesome for us. Man, it's so. I had such a great time in worship this morning, like man... When we come together, it's so good to just express His love and His His heart is so generous towards us. And man, I, I just I just know that He has got incredible purposes for each one of our lives. Um, anyway, I just went on another tangent. Um, next Sunday night, um, we are bringing a change to our evening service. Um, in January, I was out praying for 2017 and just really going, God, what are you doing uh, across our all the life of our church? And I was particularly one day just praying into our evening service, and I just said, God, what, are you, what do we need to do here? And he just said something really peculiar to me, but I was like, okay, I could get comfortable with that. And what he said was, I, I, you need to bring the youth service on Friday night into our Sunday night uh, program. And so we've been on a bit of a journey exploring whether that was just a Glenn idea or a God idea for the last month or two. And um, the upshot is is that uh, our leadership team and those involved really believe that God's hand is on this. So what we'll be doing is next Sunday night we'll be get, um, starting an under 30s service basically where young adults and youth will be like it'll be focused for that age and stage of life. But you're still welcome to attend uh, that service. And on Friday nights there'll be um, squads or life groups as us older people like to call them uh, happening for uh, young people and there'll still be socials and all that. So we have a real heart for uh, our teenagers and our young adults to be really well connected and cared for and, and you know invested into. So we're believing that this is actually a step up for these age groups and ministries. So we just wanted to bring you in on some changes that are happening. And everyone said, awesome. That's amazing. 
so, yes. All right. So, right. Okay, here we go. Now with the message. We are created. Get this. We're created. If you didn't know this, you are created to live with a prophetic edge on your life. Everyone has a spirit, and God is spirit, and he is communicating with his children about a destiny. He wants to communicate with us about great promises, and he wants us to live with a sense of expectation and hope in our lives. And it's our prayer today that if you're here today and you don't have hope in your life or hope for your situation at the moment, that you're going to get something triggered in your heart today and start going, God has got a good plan for my life. God is with me and He is for me. And it's kind of like that prophetic voice is a little bit like a mum or a dad is to a child. Like we, Deb and I to our kids, we, we're hopefully like daily we are encouraging our kids. And we're saying, come on, you are called for great things. That's not what you need to do. That doesn't, this doesn't look like love. This looks like love. This looks like who you're meant to be and called to be. And in the same way, God is calling us with His fatherly heart up into the fullness of who we are in Him. So He, the prophetic, is there for us to actually, to because you know we could look at our lives and go, man, life is so murky and muddy and like, I don't know if I could ever be, but the prophetic says, you are. You are chosen. You are called. There is hope. There is a future. There is a, there's a, there's a, an expectation that you're called to live in and lean on the promises of God that the prophetic sets a light in our hearts. So when we get a prophetic word, we want to treasure it. We don't want to just forget about it and kind of hope that it happens one day. But the prophetic is there so that we can lean on God's promises. And, and that activates our faith because the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. That faith is a substance of things hoped for and a certainty of things unseen. That with faith and perseverance, we inherit the promises of God. So the prophetic's rather awesome, isn't it? Like, who loves getting a prophetic word? John Steele was here last Sunday night, just rolling out prophetic words to over 100 people, and he prophesied, you know, like for three hours. He's in the flow of the Holy Ghost because God wants to encourage His children. So today, I just want to spend a little bit time for uh, um, over the, the prophetic words that have been spoken over our church family. Like the individual prophetic words have been awesome, but there's been some amazing prophetic words spoken over the life of this church from uh, visiting ministries particularly that have come in that didn't know what each other was saying, um, and they have just brought this kind of... this. This vein of expectation and promise and posture that I believe that these words are calling us to in this hour at Thrive Church. So we had Kevin Forlong, who's coming into Thrive in two weeks' time. We did think it was one week up until the start of last service, but anyway, we got some changes. But Kevin Forlong, he's, he came in about six months ago and he spoke this out over the church. He said that the church that Thrive is repositioning for increase at this time. And he said that God wants to build a large, significant church in our region. And he said that the opportunity rests with us at this time, that the ball is at our feet in this season. And he also said that that moment won't last forever. 
That, that now is the time to have an expectation and to get into alignment with what he's saying over the church and to make the most of who we are at this time and this hour. So that was a really awesome word for us as a church. Um, we were really excited about that. Chris Diath, he was here about a month ago, who was here for Chris, and he brought such an awesome word of encouragement as well. And he didn't know what Kevin had said. And he said this, that we have a two-year window of significance and growth for us to step into. You know, it was so similar to Kevin's word about this window of time that we are called to engage with in this hour. And, and like, God will get the job done. But at this moment in this time, he's saying, hey, hey, Thrive Church, will you be willing? Will you be ready to open your heart to the, to the loss? Would you be willing to pray? Would you be willing to give? Would you be willing to do what you're called to do as individuals and then as a church to see uh, something magnificent and majestic of the kingdom of God put on display in our region? Then John Steele, he came in uh, last week and he, was, he, he brought a similar but different word because he said that this church will see the localized presence of God, that there'll be supernatural manifestations in worship and people experiencing healing and breakthrough without anyone praying. And he really leant on us and said, come on church, we're, t- we're called to be a church of, that hosts the presence of God. And then he said, and and which was really funny, just at the end, it was kind of a by-the-way statement. And he said, because when you go to another building, you're going to carry that presence with you to your new location. I was like, there it is. (laughs) There it is again. There's that word that we're called to move, we're called to shift, we're called to expand our heart and make room for what God is doing in the lives of people that aren't yet at Thrive Church. We don't have a desire to grow as a church by just accumulating other Christians from around the region that are already going to amazing churches. There is so much room in this community for God to just break forth into lives of people that don't yet know Him. And so um, about... Three weeks ago, I was uh, down the river. I go down there a couple of times a week and I just pray. I pray in tongues and I just, you know, I just kind of come to God as a son and just kind of like, here's my baggage and here's my struggles and here's my hopes and just, you know, just spend time with God praying. And and I just really laid before Him um, that day, specifically my family home and my business that we have and, and also the church. And I was like, God, what are you doing in these different spheres of my life? I was actually feeling a little uncomfortable and out of my comfort zone in every one of these areas at this time. And you know how sometimes in life you just rest on the promises, but you don't necessarily have a faith word that seems that alive. It's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to grunt this out. I'm going to really just, I'm going to just stand on God's word. And it had been a little bit like that for me at this time. And when I was praying though, he he said to me, uh, just in a you know small, still voice, read Isaiah 66. And I was like, Isaiah 66, That's that sounds like that book has a lot of chapters. And uh, I don't even know if it has 66 chapters. It does. That's the last chapter of Isaiah. And it says this, that heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? And for me, it just wrecked me in that moment. I just thought, man, God is speaking to me here about focusing, like the number one focus is to bring priority to the house of God in my life. 
That is my number one focus. And, and, um, and I share that with you because in that moment when I got that faith word, like all my other worries were like irrelevant. <laughs> like nothing, ma- I knew that, that, I knew when I had that word from God that, that he was calling me to this. And as I moved towards that, that everything else was just going to take care of itself. You know, the Bible verse, that says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and he will meet all of your needs. He'll look after everything else. And this was one of those moments for me. And it just put such a, a certainty in my heart that our season uh, at Thrive Church is to discover uh, where our next building is going to be located and build that building. And so, yeah, just being really clear that one of our immediate visions, because we've got visions everywhere for Africa, but one of our immediate priority visions here is to search out that land, to buy it, and build a bigger church. Like that's what we we don't know what the time frame is going to look like. This, but we know these words kept saying, "You've got an opportunity. You've got a window of time here where you're called as a church to posture yourself around look, uh, stretching out." Stretching out in expectation, stretching out in faith, stretching out in generosity towards, you know, building a, uh, a, a new building, our own building, because we just leased this one. And so we're really excited about what, uh, what God is doing at this time and what he's saying uh, over, over the Thrive family. And, and so who wants to get in on this adventure? It's like, come on. This is, is going to be a great faith adventure that we go on. It's going to be awesome. And it's going to mean that we all all get involved in some kind of way. If you want to get on, the, on this journey, then I just want to call you into that place um, that God is calling you to take position in, in this hour. One of my favorite quotes is this, is that success occurs when preparation and opportunity collide. Success occurs when preparation and opportunity collide. And I believe that the opportunity is out there for us. We just, in this time, we need to prepare our hearts. We need to prepare our lives around this posture of expectation of what God is going to do at Thrive. And it means that we usually have to activate something in our own faith life. As James says, you know, faith without works is dead. There's something that's going to come alive and get active in you as you, uh, as you get on this process. And Jesus said, uh, whatever your treasure is, there your heart will be there also. So I just want to, in getting prepared, I just want to give you just a few thoughts around this. And I just want to give you the number one thought is that I want you to get ready by preparing your heart around what he treasures around the things that he values. And I want to just encourage you to set your value system upon the kingdom of God, not upon the humanistic culture that we're a part of, that that is calling us to, you know, just be another clone. But the Bible says quite clearly that we're actually, when we come into his kingdom, it's almost like we become aliens and foreigners to this world. Not that we're called to be out of the world, but because we're called to be in the world, but we're called to be different from the world. 
There's something, you know, different about believers. There's something about your life that is going to set you apart from the value system of this world. And simply in the, in the raw state, it's the values of the kingdom of faith, of hope, of love, of generosity, of forgiveness, of transformation. And they are the things that need to start kind of vibrating around our internal heart. And, and so that we are actually, there's a river of grace flowing through our lives and our out of our lives and out of our being. So at this time, let's prepare our lives with a collision from heaven to earth. Like that is, that's where preparation and opportunity collide. Opportunity, that's also a new word. Opportunity. I think when preparation and opportunity collide in the kingdom, it looks like heaven invading earth. And that's where we want to posture uh, ourselves as a church. And I just want to share another, um, another amazing uh, confirmation around that. The other thing, just before I close that out, is it's been really encouraging um, as, as kind of the senior pastors here, just to watch people at the start of 2017. And we've seen people fasting and praying and just getting really, really uh, just expectant about what God is going to do. So two years ago, about two and a half years ago, um, I had two dreams over two nights. And I just want to share those uh, dreams with you in this moment. And the first dream was that I was at Christchurch Airport. Uh, I was at Christchurch Airport. And I walked out onto the runway and I stood behind this fence. And as I watched, looked up the runway of Christchurch Airport, I saw three massive waves coming in down the runway. Incredible, like huge waves. These waves were about 50 meters high. And, um, and I was like, whoa, what's going to happen? And, and you know how when you're in a dream, it's like you're in the moment. It's like, I'm going to drown. I'm going to die. I'm going to be smashed. I'm gonna, something terrible is going to happen to me. And then the first wave just came closer and closer. And then it broke over me in the dream. And as it broke, it, it turned to rain. And this beautiful soft rain just kind of fell all over me. And it was just so amazing and refreshing. And I woke up from that dream and I was like, that was a God dream. <laughs> that was like, whoa, what are you saying, God? Is something about to land or is something about to take off? Or is something of this encounter of God that is, is, is happening? There's something good that's going to happen. It felt so awesome. And then the next night, I have another dream and I'm talking with God as you do in a dream. Who dreams and talks with God? I was like, it's not that often, but it happened this time. And, and I said to God, hey, God, what, what was that dream about last night? What, what happened? What, what, are those, what were those waves? What did they mean? And he said simply to me that there are three waves. And these three waves represent a wave. First of all, the first wave was a wave of finances that was going to wash over. And the second wave was a wave of souls that was going to wash through as well. And the, and the third wave was a wave of glory that was just going to just, I don't even know what it's going to do. It's just going to change lives, reveal the majesty of God. You know, because the Bible says that His glory will cover the earth. 
as the waters will cover the sea. I think like that's his end result on like, okay, my job here is done. This earth is encapsulated in my glory. <laughs> you know, that's where we're posturing around is we're not, we're not kind of, I don't really preach the rapture. We're not going to escape from this planet. We're, we're, I believe that God has called us to be the ones that usher in the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus said, let your kingdom come on earth as it does in heaven. He wouldn't have us activated around that prayer if he didn't expect this planet to be impacted by heaven. So a wave of finances, a wave of souls, and a wave of glory. So on Monday night, um, I'd been out and preached at another church with their leaders, and I came home really excited and so excited. I actually didn't sleep all night, which wasn't so good. Uh, but I was talking with Debbie about these dreams, about these waves, and she said, hey, someone at church last week had a, a vision during the service of a golden wave, uh, like breaking I don't know, over us or somewhere anyway, but a golden wave actually. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Like a golden one might represent finances. That sounds pretty awesome. And, uh, and, and so we had a conversation around that. And then I, what I did was, you know, as you do, habitually hit the Facebook app every now and again at the end of the day. And the first image that appeared to me after talking about waves was this image here. That was the first thing that came up on my screen. I was like, whoa. I've got layers of goosebumps now. This is at Christchurch Airport a week ago. Uh, cloud formation of obviously three waves that were the, that was there, and we were just like, "Yeah, I know. I hear that wool." And it just felt like this is a holy moment. That this this is an incredible sign. The Bible says that there'll be signs and wonders, and this is one of those signs that we can wonder about and go. Wow, God, what are you saying? And um, the article actually underneath said that the meteorologist that was commenting on this said he had never seen anything like this uh, in his 30 years of looking at the skies. And um, in that week, I think, or within a couple of weeks, there was a, a formation at, um, in New Plymouth, I think, as well, of five waves, which is a number of grace. So that's good. The North Island's going to get saved too. Um, so why am I sharing this? I, I just believe at this time, it's another confirmation that God is, he has got intentional plans to just wash over Canterbury and this nation with his love, that there'd be a harvest of salvation, that his glory would fill the earth. Do you know, but it's so interesting that that first wave was a wave of finances. It was just such a bizarre, unexpected wave. But when you look into the word of God, you can see actually that revival is so connected to generosity. I want to read you this uh, vision from uh, someone who um, emailed this to me uh, about two weeks ago from Thrive. It says this, In my dream, I was looking at a dam. It was a hydro dam, and I was looking at it from uh, down Riverside. So I was looking at this massive concrete wall, and I could see that the other side was absolutely chock full with water, like it was almost starting to overflow at the top. That's how much water was in there. I knew that the water represented kingdom finances and that God was saying that there's just so much available to us, but it was being held back by the dam. I thought, oh no, I need to pray that this dam would, do I need to pray that this dam would break? And I felt that God said, no, you need to turn the dam on. And I realized that it was the water, the finances flowing through the dam that would generate and release the power that the dam had been built to generate. 
I felt that God was saying that miracles, healings, breakthrough, and display of His power, etc., that we're looking for need to be uh, need a release of finances in order to manifest fully. And so I've just been pondering that word as well over the last couple of weeks. And then I listened to a message from Chris Vallotton this week. Um, and now Chris Vallotton is an incredible prophet. Um, he's connected with Bethel Church in Reading. And he preached this outstanding message called Serve the City. And uh, he was just talking about how the church should be postured around not just getting people in on Sundays, but being actually activated in the community. And it was a t- it was a beautiful message. If you don't listen to podcasts, I really encourage you to connect with Bethel and and uh, Chris Vallotton. Chris with a K as well, if you're going to check that out. And he said this. He said that you can't separate generosity from revival during that message. And and then he reflected to Acts 2. And this is about two years after Jesus' death and resurrection. And I've just got a few uh, verses from this chapter. Because in this moment, the church was just gaining preeminence in culture and in society and, and becoming established. And it says this in verse 43, that everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. It says they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's an incredible, in in this passage of Scripture, there's other verses that talk about how they prayed and they devoted themselves to teaching. And, And so you can see this convergence, this preparation that this church was doing and that their whole lives were open to the touch of God and that included their possessions to give to Him. But also it says just to give to anyone who had a need. You know, they could see someone needed a dishwasher down the road, they'd just go give theirs. And, uh, you know, they were just, they were open-hearted at this time and, and it set a revival atmosphere in this culture, this, this generosity and generosity just, it, it displays this element of love that is all about just selflessness. <laughs> just completely like, I, I'm actually, my life isn't about me. Because we all know, you know, we work hard, we earn the money, and we feel like this belongs to me. But generosity says, you know, that you know, everything I have is yours. That whatever I do, I'll do it with all my heart as though I'm working for God and not for man. You know, generosity just engages with the sense of like my stuff is his and I want and 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 my stuff actually could belong to someone else as much as it belongs to me. And so you can see this this atmosphere for revival is shaped as well as as there are other things in there, but generosity is a, just a key no strings attached kind of love that our world is so hungry for. Our world is hungry for a no-strings-attached kind of love, an authentic, selfless love. And I think when people that aren't a part of the church actually see his generous love on display through the church and through just selfless act, people actually start going, why would you do that? Why would you do that for me? And that's such a, an opening up of our, an opportunity to say, because our lives have been, you know, we've we're loved. We're first loved by Christ. And you can go on a story um, with those opportunities. In John 6, 35, Jesus said this. He says, when Jesus declared, I am the bread of life, whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
And, you know, if there's some people here today and you're like, man, I, I actually have never been activated in regular giving uh, in church or even just displays of generosity and you are on the edge at the moment, I just want to release confidence over your life. God's word promises to us that he's the bread and whoever goes to him will never go hungry. You'll never go thirsty. And it's such an incredible faith walk to engage with when we trust God with our finances. And I know I'm talking a little bit one-dimensionally about us giving our money, but with this wave as well, I'm also believing that actually God's goodness is just going to start washing over us. And we're going to just have unexpected finances and money coming to us as well so that it can actually flow through us. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And it's such a wonderful promise for us as believers. And I, and I think that that goes further uh, for us, though, just as ones who hold that revelation. It, it, it goes to our community. It goes to a community that probably are identifying with a, a deep hunger and a deep thirst to know that they're loved, to know that they are significant, to know that, they're, that they're, um, there is a full life waiting for them. And I'm, I'm excited today to talk about our new building and uh, those exciting faith things that we're called to do. But this is all just to put God's love on display to our region to meet the hunger of our region, for the lost and for the lonely, for, for the forgotten and the hurting, that they would know true satisfaction through Christ Jesus. In John 4, Jesus said this, don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look to the fields. They are ripe for harvest. At this time, as a church, as a people, I just want to encourage you to open the eyes of your heart. Paul said, hey, don't live your life through just your natural eyes. He prays this prayer for the church of Ephesus, and he says, open the eyes of your heart that you would know the, the wisdom and the revelation and the wonders and the richness of God's love. Open, these, open the spiritual eyes and engage with me. And I would just, I want to call you up, people, to open the eyes of your spirit. Open the eyes of your heart and step out with God in this season. Step out and see that the harvest is right. Look up. The fields are ready. They're ready. They're ready for us to be activated in and to start reaping. There's a harvest that is ready to be reaped uh, for us. So let's look. Let's look to the fullness that we have in Christ. Jesus said that I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And we're going to take communion uh, in a moment. In a moment. If we can just have the keyboardist, that would be amazing. Thanks, Dylan. I know you were just like so into my preaching. and What do we see around us that needs to be satisfied by Christ? If he's the bread of life, if we come to him and we're never hungry or thirsty and we have needs in our heart or we're seeing people around us, maybe we've got family members that just don't know Christ or people, we're in tough situations. I just want you during this communion, just to open up your heart and your life for Jesus Christ to bring that satisfaction, that fullness. He is the one who will satisfy our lives. He's the one that wants to bring a release to us and through us this morning.
How about we just stand in this moment? I just want to pray. And then you can go. We've got stations at the front or the back. We're going to take communion and then just declare a few things before we finish the service. God, we just open our hearts right now, God. We want to be a people who who just are constantly pointing to you, constantly looking to you as the supplier of all of our needs, God. We just declare that our region will know the satisfaction of knowing Jesus. That our, that our own lives would know the satisfaction, would know the fullness of knowing Jesus. And I just speak to hopelessness or fear or discouragement, God, that those places in our own hearts, God, would be fully satisfied in Christ this morning as we remember your body broken, your blood poured out for us. We receive the fullness of grace for our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. So you can just move now to those stations and just receive his love this morning. Just going to finish today's time together just by reading from Isaiah 60. And I just want us to stand together on his word over some specific things this morning. And I just want to declare, like God's breakthrough over our lives, that His supernatural intention would actually invade what we're physically currently facing in our lives, that His promises are greater, that heaven's atmosphere is a greater atmosphere and a greater reality than what the circumstances of our life may look like. So let's just stand and let me read this over you. Just receive His Word this morning, receive his promises this morning. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. God, I just thank you for everyone here today, God. I just thank you that today that your dawn is breaking over people's lives, over people's situations, Lord. Right now, I just declare a breaking dawn and a brightening of your light over everyone here this morning, over every family and over every workplace, God. Lord, I just declare that there are waves of goodness washing over this region, waves of hope and waves of love flowing like a mighty river out of lives, God. We just thank you, Father, for the revelation of the brightness of Christ specifically at this time that Jesus Christ, you would be revealed in those around us, that you would be revealed in situations, God, and that this brightness will dis- dispel any darkness or fear or hatred or unforgiveness, God. We just take authority over that stuff and we break it today. We just thank you that you are the light of the world and the hope of this nation. God, for the kings, Lord, that it mentions that are going to come to the brightness of our dawn, God. We just, we call in those kings, Lord, those ones of influence, those ones of significance, God, and prominence, God, that they would be be, uh, great catalysts and influences, Lord, into this community and into this nation, God. We declare their impact and that you would impact their lives and their lives would actually shift culture, shift culture in this nation. 
from verse 11, it says, Your gates will always stand open. They will never be shut day or night so that people may bring you the wealth of the nations. And then it says, Instead of bronze, I will bring you gold. And silver in place of iron. Instead of wood, I'll bring you bronze. And iron in place of stones, I'll make peace your governor and well-being your ruler. Lord, we just thank you for headship. We just thank you, Father, that for every family here and every family at Thrive Church, God, that they are called into a place of prominence and headship, God. And I just declare, Lord, the wealth of nations flowing through our hands in Jesus' name. Lord, I declare great wealth coming to us as as ones who are your sons and daughters that is a part of our inheritance in Jesus' name. I just declare a, a wave of favor and of finances flowing to us and through us and specifically for anyone here today I thank you for jobs and better jobs for raises and bonuses for sales and commissions for estates and inheritances for checks in the mail for gifts and surprises for finding money for debts being paid off and expenses decreased we thank you for blessing and increase today in Jesus name we just thank you Father that Money is not the root of all evil, but the love of money is. And we want to be a people, God, who know what generosity looks like, God, but are not afraid to put our hands on money at the same time, Lord. We just thank you, Lord. Isaiah 66 verse 8 says this, Who has ever heard of such things? Who has ever seen things like this? Can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment? Yet no sooner is Zion in labor than she gives birth to her children. God, we thank you for a now season. Lord, we just thank you that your word says that we don't have to wait and wait and wait, Lord, that you are the, you're outside of time, God, that we can look and see that the harvest is now. Lord, we just lift our eyes up to the now season. We thank you for suddenlies. Lord, we just thank you for breakthrough today. We thank you for kingdom now, for love now, for peace now in families, God, for for joy now in families, God, and for salvation now in Jesus' name. Awesome. Church, we are called to go and be the light. If you're in a space and a place today where you're like, I just... Maybe I don't even know actually the reality of Christ in my life. Or maybe I just know that I just need to step into a season of preparation where I'm just, I just want to actually just walk in the fullness of His promises, not in the circumstances that actually may be trying to prevail around me. I just want to give you a, an opportunity just to respond now, just as a sign to God. So if you're in this place this morning and you're just like, God, I just want to commit my life. I want to commit my time on this planet, whether it's 10 years, 40 years, 60 years, 80 years, 100 years. I want to commit this whole deal to you. I just want to ask you right now just to raise your hands and just say, that's me, I'm all in. I'm all in. Just lift your hands up. Just say, I'm all in, God. We just thank you right now, God. We just want to be a people that is all into your kingdom. 
all into your kingdom, all in boots and all, God. Just give us courage in this season to go beyond our comfort zone into the new zone of faith and expectancy. In Jesus' name, amen.